0: Music. music, music,
1: horror, horror. horror.
0: Subculture. subculture, and, and overall, overall bad. bad acid.
1: Acid. Welcome. welcome, welcome to
0: Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio with your host, with your host, host Dave, Dave and Dave Sean. And
1: Sean.
2: pressure. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I am recording right now just to check levels and
3: Hey, check. Checking it out.
2: Hmm. That's good.
4: Check, check. Hey, I mean, we can kind of turn this too if we want. Yeah, either way. Exactly. Or we can hold it
2: too. Sort of like when you're pressing pedals. That's Uh, that's okay. Yeah, we uh, (laughs) one got
4: ruined. Should we hold it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, we could do that. You That's sound great.
4: That's what I'm saying. If we, if we, we can hold it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Pass off. Okay. You sound good. Let's. Otherwise, it's a little distant. Yeah. He always yells at me. Get on the mic. Get on the. Mic. Get I'm on the. Always like play that fucking bass. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? Do that again, because I want to check you again.
4: Check. Hey, hey. one, two, one, two. two. Hey, hey. one, two, one, two, one, two. Ah,
2: yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. Sean, where are you at? Check. Probably nowhere. <laughs> now it's <on>. a. <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm gonna use that <laughs> Folks, friends, Keep and that. fiends Keep Welcome that. to Kettle Whistle Radio And Sean can't turn on a microphone okay. how It's about our that? first in-store What do you want to call this? First time we actually have a band in the studio again And uh, we miss it, and it's nice But we're out of practice And God bless them for being here We got the spotlights All right. Um, how, how do we even begin? Mar- Mario and Sarah where did you guys meet? How did this start? And why? Wait, Sean, you got to go with this. How did you end up in Pittsburgh? Yeah.
5: How did you end up in Pittsburgh? <laughs> I'm sure you get asked that a lot, and I think you said that, but that, that's a curiosity. I'll well,
4: let Sarah start it off.
3: Um, well, we met in San Diego um, in 2007. Mario was recording my band at the time at his studio, and we became really good friends. And after about two years, we started dating, and we moved to New York together. We were there for about six years, and uh, we're just getting eaten alive financially, living there. Um, And mentally. mentally. Oh, I I totally
2: understand that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's a
3: very stressful city. Um, Mm -hmm. And just touring around, we really loved Pittsburgh. We loved the energy. Everyone here was really laid back. Yeah. Um, it's really mellow here. The cost of living, obviously, um, is, you know, a factor for us being artists. And um, I'm a huge Ramiro fan. And <laughs> when we came here with the Melvins, it was our first time ever in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I was very adamant that if we did not go to the Evan Williams Cemetery... Evan, uh, Evan City. City. Sorry, we're <laughs> drinking whiskey. This happens. I like um, Evan Williams. <laughs> and uh, you made faux
2: pa. <laughs> yeah,
3: and my my migraine that helps a lot too. Um, Evan City Cemetery. I was very adamant that if we didn't go there, everybody was going to die. So, yeah. um, for years, I was saying that we have to go to that cemetery because Night of the Living Dead is
5: wait, just did a you, huge staple. take the Melvins to Evan City? No, that would Can have you been imagine? fun. Yeah. We didn't.
3: Out. Yeah. Like they've, there, they've, they've probably been there.
4: They said that they said they'd already been there or something yeah, I think. I believe yeah. that. Yes, yes.
3: And I mean on tour, you're kind of on your own path, so it's hard to connect and do stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Well,
4: you yeah. know, about the Warhol Museum. Every time we talked about Pittsburgh, it'd be like oh, really? Andy Warhol Museum. Yeah. Oh.
2: I was yeah. just there. Yeah, they did update it. It's kind of cool. Like really? I've never, they change I've it, never it up all there. the time. They freshen it up. So yeah, yeah. I can see where he, a guy like him would not get bored.
4: I worked there a, a bunch doing. I yeah. worked for uh, well, I worked for the Carnegie Museum, people doing like AV stuff, and I worked at the Science Center primarily, but then would do like events at the Warhol Museum. But I never actually got to tour the whole building. It hmm. was mostly just the downstairs and like the second floor.
2: Interesting. So you're more so. deep rooted
4: in Pittsburgh than I
2: thought. Really.
4: I guess so. I guess <laughs> two guess years so. deep. Two wait. Almost three years now.
2: Yeah, oh, wow. but what what you said, Sarah. Like I'm in Pittsburgh, for basically, well, kind of the same reason. Uh, you know, I met my wife, but it's cheaper and it's less stressful. And yeah, people when they when you go to a club, it's more intimate. And I'm sure that's what you guys have found playing. Or,
4: um, yes and no. I mean, not to knock New York on that either, oh, because I, yeah, I like yeah. St. Vitus in New York is a place where it's like it's a 250 cap room maybe, and you'll see whoever play there you know what i mean ranging from anthrax to like Mm. tiny bands but it's uh it's just a different scene overall you know like it doesn't cost sixty dollars to get there in ubers or like two and a half hours on a train there and back to to go to a show things are just easier that's you know and Pittsburgh's beautiful like two, i don't know 2
2: hours on on a train <clears throat> oh yeah. my god yeah the R. give me a break yeah or if you drive uh, 5
4: miles that could be 2 hours too <laughs>
2: Ronkonkoma ring a bell yeah Oy. yeah totally uh but now so how do you compare clubs like from well new york to here uh, help me out here Is um
4: i mean it's different
2: harder to Not, pull a crowd or no
4: uh yeah but only so much because there's just less people right you know yeah there's a lot of venues i think pittsburgh's only downfall in the music scene is that there's too many venues for not enough people i like so that there's like and yeah. maybe not so much now after covid but I, I don't think we lost that many other than like the rex really yeah. the rex oh that was which a is a huge favorite one favorite joint yeah I'm that was sure i
2: heard they got i heard they got bought, they got bought though. yeah, yeah. They, something else will pop up there i'm yeah. sure that was a
5: good place to go see shows. But
4: before this, like we, you know, working at I was working at cativo doing sound there, and like Amazing. it just seemed like there was always too many, too not 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 even enough bands really to fill the show to fill the venues. So you have a lot of like DJ nights, you have a lot of dance nights at these places that are yes. happening that yep. should be, you know, bands playing there or whatever. Um, Agreed.
2: So that the, I think if there
4: was less less venues and just more concentration on putting on
2: the right shows you I think know smiling moose was your venue i don't I, I would love to have seen you play the smiling moose yeah <laughs> no we no? never i worked there one one day but I, we never actually it's,
3: it's i love the bar but i don't want to load up and down those stairs <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: <yeah. laughs> i have yeah. witnessed that yeah, That's have, rough. i have
3: a <laughs> massive cabinet that yeah is bigger than me so i don't yeah, yeah. I'm
2: okay. Let's talk about that cabinet. We've seen that, and the massive amounts of pedals. Oh yeah, <laughs> that you guys are composers. You're not just players. I, I can't you. believe what you guys <laughs> have, and you know how to. What there's like 24 pedals between the two of you. Yeah, I mean these days,
4: Sarah has more than I do. Just because I kind of I I went to basically a a modeller that has thousands of options, but like it's all in one big pedal. Uh, I used to have the pedal board with, like, you know, 16 different pedals on there, but Sarah's definitely the uh, distortion pedal champion.
2: Fuzz.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I have 14 pedals, and nine of them are Fuzz and Overdrive. <laughs> and do you, yeah. have
5: a, do you have a favorite go-to Fuzz? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I have a couple. Uh, it's kind of like the front first row. It's um, the Earthquaker Westwood, the Boss... Base overdrive, the yeah. yellow, you know, the the super popular one, um, the swollen pickle, by way huge, um, and the monarch by Earthquaker, which is yeah. discontinued. I found it used in a really tiny music shop in Virginia. So, <laughs> wow. and when that thing dies, I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs>
5: so, so you guys are
4: also collectors of uh, vintage uh, gear.
5: Not really.
4: Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, I wouldn't say we're collectors. We're collectors of stuff that we like, that we think sounds good. Whether it's new, old, sort of new, really old, like as long as it sounds good. I've never been much of a, of a gear like uh, snob. I guess neither of us really are. It's more just, can we make it work? And if it sounds right for you, the brand or the cost or
2: the year doesn't really matter at all. You know? From what I've seen, like yeah. you guys are natural composers. Um, do you look at yourself as musicians or composers or both? Because I mean, there's some genius going on there that I, I'm pretty sure. That's all Shawn, Mario. Sean, <laughs> Sean, found you guys. I came in late, but there's some genius going on. Like stuff, and you said it too, Sean. We were missing this. Yeah, I think that
5: um, there was a there was a for me. You know, I was kind of searching for this kind of music, honestly. Okay. And you know, you'd you'd find bands like uh, ISIS where they're doing. They're doing the buildup and the break really great, and the vocals, the heavy vocals. and uh, But I was always searching for that band that always had sort of that light touch in the vocals, right? And the first yeah. band I kind of came across was uh, Palms, that the Isis guys mm-hmm. with Chino from Desktones. Yep, yep. And, and then you guys. A- and to me, honestly, you guys are like... The masters of whatever this genre is, yeah, is you know, <laughs> totally agree. well.
3: Apparently, we're shoegaze, um, <laughs> which I <laughs> that You're, is
5: you just stare at your pedals, complete
3: horse, shit, but you know, <laughs> so yeah. as long as you know, you enjoy listening, you can call it whatever you want. I mean, it's it's fine,
5: yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it shoegaze, yeah, and, and I think you. that's even a derogatory term that most shoegaze know, bands like know. you know. I th- I think I, I saw an interview with the, uh Tony and Dean from uh Curve and I'm a big Curve fan. Okay. And uh they were talking about shoegaze and about that, you know, it's more like a derogatory like I said a derogatory term. Right, not, right. None of them oh. None of them uh really really identified with. <laughs> so.
4: it was Yeah, like, well I mean it, I it, probably for them back then it was just something that people started calling those bands and they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? We, you know, yeah. Now it's like, it became literally a genre, but it's like the widest genre ever. I mean, I feel like heavy music in general has become pretty wide to where like, you know, if you have a keyboard, all of a sudden you're a shoegaze band or uh, I don't know. But first, thanks for saying all that stuff. Cause uh, that's yeah. huge. Uh, we, we were yeah.
2: starved. For this kind like, of like that was- means
4: that means everything to us to hear that yeah you know well, i mean i get it if if you yeah. don't really know if you if you don't really know the us as a band and you haven't really put time into listening to the music yeah you know there's dreamy aspects that could sound similar to something like my bloody valentine or yeah whatever the kind of like airy vocals or you know kind of spacey keyboards and guitars wallace sound type stuff but um but there's a lot more riffing going on and a lot, oh, yeah, you absolutely. know, I think so. I, and I mean, I do that to bands myself. If I be scanning through something on Spotify or whatever and I hear it, and I'm like, oh, it's just another doom band or another, which yeah. happens like all the time because there's so many of those. <laughs> there are so many of those. <laughs> oh. but there or stoner, are so or stoner bands. Good you know. Know. Right. Well, that's my point. Yeah. And so it's easy, it, it's easy to be lazy and kind of just scan it and write it off as this is that. And so I understand how people might do that to us sometimes, yeah. But if you put time into it, it's it's not really that. Put time into you know. it.
2: You guys are not easy. Um, like I was <laughs> I was saying earlier, like some people like your life is a book. For you, it's like every page is a new book. And we were like our, listening to music. Like my God, you guys have so much going on in every song. Thanks. Like it's just layered so much. But you guys don't layer tracks. You just play. And yeah. It's thick. Yeah, there's Dang. not a lot of like if you I break think.
4: if you break down our recording sessions, there's not a lot, a ton of like overdubbing or anything like that. No. It's really literally just like a doubled guitar, the bass, you know, some sort of synth pad from time to time, and then the vocals. But there's not a lot of, you know, every once in a while I'll overdub like a lead and keep one of the rhythms in there. But even that, I try, to, you know.
5: When when you guys play live, um, how, is it hard to incorporate? Um the uh maybe the pre-recorded aspects like the synth aspects into the live set or is that is it easy to play along to that sort of stuff or what Um, what do you find difficult about
4: that it's easy now it took you know it took a lot of just trial and error when we first started doing it sarah and i started the band just us two and i was playing drums she was playing bass and then we were running all like backing tracks for like our first few songs that we had written yeah um and it was just a matter of, like, trying different shit, you know, trying trying it with Pro Tools. And it's, it was really hard to do with Pro Tools because it just didn't work. Ableton is made for kind of the live thing of, like, Perfect. triggering new, you know, our live uh, samples and stuff. And that worked out much better. And then just learning how to use, like, MIDI controllers to trigger things. Um, you know, then when we got a drummer, then incorporating a click track so he could play to a click. Mm-hmm. And match up all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you control it all. Yeah, and, and then learning how to control it all. So I I control it all. So it's not like broken up into different pieces where we have to sync multiple things up. It's yeah. just all running off of one.
5: So there's not a lot of noodle area, area. At, at your live show when right. you have to go mess with the drum machine or no. That, you know.
3: And you know Mario having the helix, everything is chopped up. So even if we do get off, he can just turn it off yeah. Yeah. and we can keep going. You yeah. know what I mean? so it's nice having that control over, you know, the synths instead of letting them control us. You know, yeah. we don't play to them. They're just another piece. And all our, yeah. all our
4: new stuff. So like everything from We're All Atomic, which was like our last EP, mm-hmm. when we play that live, we don't use any click or any samples now. So. Ugh. And that wasn't really on purpose, it just kind of happened that way. There are samples in the recording, there are like synths in the recording, but um, when we started playing it live, I just, we all like loop, I'd rather like loop pads, I don't know, it just made more sense to play those songs like that, so it comes and goes. A lot of our other songs don't have click tracks, or some spots don't have a click track, or, you know, it's just trial and error. Just try it until it works. <laughs> Do you think
5: when you guys, uh, w- when you w- once you started uh, with the live drums in the set, w- when there was a three-piece then, right? Um, t- how did that change the band? Was there a different dyna- obviously there had to have been a different dynamic in the live set?
4: Yeah, and I mean we were we had still just started like we played two shows, three shows as our as like a two-piece really, mm-hmm. um, back then with me on drums and then
2: on drums. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
4: And then it was a matter of finding the drummer, the right drummer. So we went through a few drummers until Chris we landed on Chris. So, so Yeah, Chris Enriquez.
5: And is he local here too with you?
4: No, no. he's in New York still. Oh, yeah. is he?
2: I thought he was L.A. Okay. I didn't no. Know. I, I yeah. was wondering about that. that. I mean, he, yeah. He's a monster. He might as well be. <laughs> he's a monster, right? But he's a monster on the so drums.
5: He oh, he is.
4: Yeah. He's amazing.
5: Is he is he just your live drummer? Do you consider him your live so drummer? So it
4: started out as, as that, Um you know, I had played on all the records up until Love and Decay, and uh, and I played on We're All Atomic also, but mostly just because he wasn't around to. But um, it's yeah, it was basically he was filling in to play some live shows. Yeah, it worked out really well. You know, he'd be it just ended up being the perfect match personally, you know, personality wise and playing wise. Um, and then when we did Love and Decay, uh, I had kind of like demoed out drum parts just program drum parts for him to play but then we he came into the studio or in the practice room and recorded everything himself um hmm. you know adjusting some stuff here and there so he's way more than a live drummer now he's definitely our our drummer I was gonna say you know.
2: mm-hmm. like yeah. that, it seems complicated because <clears throat> you guys have it all figured out how do you get a third person in and he just says sure
4: it has to be the right <laughs> the right person and that's the that was the hardest part is finding somebody who can
2: say sure
4: yeah first first say sure you know be agreeable to like play somebody else's parts even you know yeah. um and play them well and play them like with 100% of all the effort and, you know and i mean i think that's because we all we're all mature enough to like be real human beings together and be friends and be honest with each other it's,
3: it shows it's about the music it's not about us individually right. you know it's right. For me, it's not about how many notes I can play. It's how good does the sound for the song we're performing. It has
5: to complement
3: Absolutely. Everything. And yeah. that's, you know, Mario and I have that really good push and pull on each other live right. with guitar and bass. We know when to back out and we know when to step in and it yeah. just naturally happens. And Chris and I are both, you know... Just like, okay, we'll try whatever Mario, you know, he does the songwriting. And I think that's key. If you have m- multiple songwriters, mm-hmm. I think that's where you run into a lot of problems. Agreed. Because people get upset and they're like, well, I want to play my idea. And it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, but you have to listen to like the song you're making. Right. And it has to make sense. So we're really good at taking an idea Evan, and then Evan, working off of Evan it. Ebb and
2: flow between each other. Yeah, Yeah, yeah we've yeah. met the ones that can't. Um, yeah. But you guys, like you say it, <laughs> I saw. I can't remember which interview, but where you say where you give and take and you know when to do it, yep. when he should back off on a pedal and you hit the new one, yeah. the right one. Yep. Dude, that is your sound. It's funny because it's fucking crazy. I get a
4: lot of messages from people asking like, how do you get your guitars to sound that big? Or how do you get, you know, and Thick. I'm like, I, I don't. It's actually all bass. If you mute the bass in our recording sessions, the whole song disappears.
5: So I was so, going to ask this. People, you know, what what do you find to be the heart of the band? Is it is it the bass, the timing, the guitars? Where where, where do you start with a song?
4: Rhythm. Yeah, rhythm yeah. and tone. So All
2: right. I like to hear it that. It builds from
4: that. It, you know, I always as a as a songwriter I tend to think more rhythmically to start. Nice. Then it's tonally, so like again, that's why Sarah makes more than half this band, you know, it's not just a third. She's cause like, like
2: Godzilla. Always. Oh my! It is. <laughs> it seriously is. We were is, trying like, to find a way to quote Godzilla and her, and it, we didn't it, know it, how to do it. it it's a that, that's like, how you do it. Jeez, are yeah. you kidding me? Like I
4: shelf off my guitars. I don't know if, if like to get nerdy, but like I shelf off with a with a filter, pretty much all the low end. Like to the point where it's like sometimes like 200 hertz, and up is where my guitar is, and the rest is all yeah. bass. And that's why it wor- That's why it sounds big because it's not fighting. There's not a bunch of extra guitar yeah. low end and low mid fighting that. Were
5: you were you guys fans of the <coughs> band uh, Caius? Do you, oh, do you know that shit. band?
4: Yeah, I was never a huge fan. I don't really know enough to yeah. to be.
5: I I know that Josh Tommy he, um, mm. he 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 d- ran all his guitars through a bass amp. Okay, and that's that's how they got their Fuzz. their tone. That makes sense. For those, yeah, big I, I wasn't sure if you ever tried anything like that um, or.
3: For a while, I played uh, through a 212 cabinet uh, in addition to my 810 <clears throat> to help me control you know, the mids on bass, but now I play through a, a, a Helix Stomp, which is my second amp, yeah. which is basically doing the same thing. It's more like the high range. So I kind of went opposite as a bass player because right. when you're using that many effects, um, you have to be able to control the low end and the high end, otherwise it's just gonna get really muddy. Yeah.
2: be your own yeah. John Cage, <laughs> yeah, I did I had like
4: a solo thing that I was doing when we first moved to New York, and I was playing through two guitar amps and a bass amp um and I mean yeah if if that was just me, literally one guitar kind of mm-hmm. like I would loop different sections and play them through different amps, but like, yeah, I've never found the need to to really need more low end. And I mean, in something like Caius's case, I, I bet it was more for the, the mid-range that he was getting out of the bass amp, not so much the bass side mm-hmm. of it, you mm-hmm. know? Because yeah. um, I know that he's big on that, too, like just tons of mid-range for guitars. That That's why you get that like big, fat kind of yeah. guitar sound.
2: Thick guitar. Yeah. Um, let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's play a song. <laughs> I did confess that you guys are the second coming with a certain song. But if you want something else, we'll play it. It's uh cute. but learn to breathe. Jesus Christ. Like Thanks, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> did did you know when you made it what you made? Uh,
4: no, I thought it would be really boring actually oh when God. I when I wrote it. I did like I remember sitting on the bed and like writing that riff and being like, Okay, like that's
2: Simple? that's gonna be catchy for sure. Simple, but and no, I, it's how you carry it on. Yeah. Right? And then the middle the middle of the song and then the end right fucking jamming i did
4: worry at for like at times when i was like is it just too much of the the same thing but
2: i don't it felt good like that you never have too much of a good thing that's right so we're gonna play that right now and we'll get, get right back with mario and sarah quintero of spotlights thank you for listening folks friends and themes
0: Hi, this is Martin Atkins from Public Image Limited, Killing Joke, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Pig Face and the Damage Manual and Murder Inc. And Brian Brain. And you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio.
2: Folks, friends and fiends here with Sarah and Mario Quintero. Is it bad that I said Sarah first?
3: No. (laughs) You should always say my name first. From
2: Spotlight's. I love this band, and uh, so does my co-host Sean. Captain Sexy is in the house. It's been a long why, time. I don't know why you call me <laughs> that Captain, still. To this there's, day. A, there's, there's an actual story you can go back and listen to. Why I call you Captain Sexy, but uh, what's all, the
3: episode number?
5: Oh
2: man, oh. But, I, but I don't know. The, I
5: don't know the story. Oh, I
3: guess, I, I'll re- <laughs> you don't even know.
2: I'll reiterate it. No problem. But all the best conversations <laughs> happen off the air, like we always say, Sean. Sure. Yeah. They you. Do. Yeah, you started something <laughs> it, just now.
5: Well they do. Some you know, sometimes you, you get with a band and you're gonna ask them questions and you don't know if this is something you can record or you know or, you know, or not. Or if we can
2: and, edit later. You know.
5: You just yeah. you just kinda of get into a normal conversation with people and I you know, I just that that's the way I no, but you had a a good the way question. I roll.
2: You had a good yeah. question though. like yeah, we wanna sit in during a recording and you said it's really not worth our while. We should sit in before a show. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to take you up on that if that's okay definitely Definitely. a warm up session I've been through a few of those and they can be hateful or they can be incredible Yeah. Um, Yeah. how are you guys you guys get along you yell at each other (laughs) no
4: we don't I don't think we've ever yelled at each other Um, just flows yeah I mean and and if it's rough it's not usually anybody's fault it's just it's one of those venues or one of those days or whatever you know what I mean shit happens and we just got to get through it so um it's almost back to the music writing thing. It's not about any one of us in particular. It's about the, the whole thing all together. So.
5: Indeed. So for me, there's kind of an elephant in the room that we haven't there talked we about yet. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm curious if you could connect the dots for us. I'm sure you've done this a million times. Connecting all them dots. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I, I, I want, how, how did you get <clears throat> to the attention of Mike Patton and no. Greg Workman and Ipec- Ipecac and yeah. end up on that label?
4: Um, well, basically we, we were going to record Seismic, our second album. Um, we had demoed it all out. We were, we already knew we were going to record with Aaron Harris, um, the ex-drummer of Isis. Right. And, uh, we were, we had done a record with him for our old band Sleep Lady. He mixed our last record for that band in, like, 2008, nine? Ten. Nine. I don't know, something like that um and we became friends through that and he's awesome he's just fun to be around and funny right. dude and and a great engineer and yeah. you know um we trusted him just to make it fun number one and make it sound great number two right. um and we figured it would be cool to just get out of the, we were living in New York at the time mm-hmm. and we figured it'd be good to just get out of New York and go to an actual studio which we hadn't done in a long time since I had a studio um you know and just do a real recording and we had that all planned out sort of not the whole not where we were going to go or when we were going to do it but um we started sending out those demos to labels to see if maybe we could get somebody to pick up the record and ipecac greg was interested so aaron and greg know each other from isis because ipecac has worked with them a lot and um Aaron told him he's like I'm, you know, we're making this record, and what do you think? And Greg was into it, but he was like, I don't think Mike's gonna dig this. So they have
1: a pact <laughs> for so, real. Yeah, they have
4: a they have a pact basically where like both of them have to be 100 percent in or they don't do they don't put the record out.
1: Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah,
4: because yeah. Ipecac is literally yeah. Greg and then Mark, Mark Shapiro who is lives in New York and he he basically does everything for the label on the marketing side on the production side um, everything. Uh, and so, and that's the label. Mike is more just kind of like the sign-off guy. It's, you know, um,
3: it's, you know, it started you know, as an outlet for his music because, you know, Greg's his manager and they were both sick of dealing with industry bullshit. I'm Mm. pretty sure, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, they have to, I think it's cool. They both have to agree, even if one of them really likes it and one of them doesn't then they can't put it out
4: yeah to the point where i think greg has started a separate label to put out records that he really really likes just because he's gonna (laughs) he's gonna (laughs) do it um but yeah so so that happened we were actually in la uh hanging out with aaron the night that greg wrote him back and we were like holy shit but we were all like this isn't gonna happen mike Patton. i don't think i just can't see him like Putting this on and being like, okay, yeah, let's put it out. All
5: four of us were just like... You're killing me right awesome. now. And You're killing you me. Guy, are you guys Mike Patton fans? Yes.
4: Yeah. And so we we were at, we at NAMM. We were at the hotel getting ready to go to NAMM that morning. And literally like the day after, Greg wrote Aaron being like, Mike likes it. Let's do it. Holy shit. And then that was it. And then since then we've been... What we've was been that like it.
2: To, to know that Mike Patton <clears throat> heard you?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I still can't wrap my head around it or understand it, but I'm very yeah. honored by it. You know,
2: right? No, yeah. uh, we're huge Bungle fans. Me okay, too. Yeah. It, right? And we, yeah. we saw we saw the video, and in the background, you guys have a poster of Bungle in the background. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Like, did you... that
4: was from a show that we played with them. Oh my God. Right so in you in actually, like, did you meet more than one Bungle?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We hung out with Mike and and. Um, trevor oh, wow. the other guys were kind of like you know hanging back um but yeah everybody was super rad and it was just you know to see dave lombardo oh my God. and um Scott Ian. Scott Ian oh, play with mr bungle and yeah. i mean trey Sprunus is one of my favorite guitar thank players you. like thank you so much he is just so unbelievable i'm a huge secret chiefs three fan also um but to see all of those guys on a stage together
2: was just yeah. I, I do have I own stupid. the C D the new uh Bungle C D with nice. the rabbit you yeah. bunny on the cover. But I,
3: I like I really liked their original drummer Dan, who I did meet when I was like seventeen at a Mr. Bungle show and Oh, really? Um he or maybe I was eighteen. He was super rad, super yeah. rad dude. But you know, like time passes and stuff happens. I saw so. them play with... Uh, so Dave Lombardo fills in.
5: The first, <laughs> the first incarnation of the Dillinger escape plan. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that was a great
1: show.
3: Yeah, I intention. saw Patton with Dillinger, too, yeah. in San Francisco, yeah. Oh.
4: Yeah, I saw Bungle in 95, oh. and that was the only time I got to see them until we played with them, yeah. which was... Yeah fucking crazy
2: (laughs) i have a very personal musical question here because this band just eludes me to this day and i love everything they do and you guys well you in particular sarah talk about future on the left
3: yeah yeah so we we saw them in san diego at the casbah um i don't even know when that was like 2009
0: probably come on rick
3: and uh um their bass player was playing with a way huge swollen pickle and I yeah. was just like, "Holy shit! What is that pedal? I have to have it." And he like showed it to me, and Damn. you know, like I think I went out the next day and bought one, and it's been on my pedal board ever yeah. since. They're amazing. Yeah. Did they like? They any... were
2: unbelievable. They're so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They could have yeah. been the next Nirvana. I'm just saying that. I know yeah. <laughs> where you guys stand with that, but they could have been. And I think they're were... are they? They still around? I think they're still a band.
4: Yeah, I think they still exist. Uh, I haven't really
2: heard much like the Sleep. You know the Sleep down in Texas. Like they kind of disappear and come back, resurge. Right. Very yeah. uh, doom rock, not metal. You you, you know the Sleep. Sleep. Oh, am I the sleep only one? The band? Sleep? Yeah. yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. I said the sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're like a, they're like sort of like a stoner
5: rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. stoner. It's like going, another, yeah. another probably terrible term that people don't. Going like, to, go. they'll yeah. make, they <laughs> McDonald's. You know, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> they'll sleep.
2: They'll sleep. Oh my God. I was
5: gonna say you, you guys are gonna be going on tour in December, right, with uh, Shiner? Yes, right? that's right. So, so. Uh, we interviewed another band, Godzillionaire, uh, and Paul Malinowski, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, from from Shiner, Shiner, produced mm-hmm. their album. Oh, nice! nice. Another uh, sound engineer. And how how did you guys get hooked up with them for a tour? And you know, do you know them well or?
4: So we've, I mean, we've gotten to know them oh, like over the past five, six years or so. We, um, I mean, Sarah and I have been huge Shiner fans for years and years, decades at this point. Great band. Um, great band. And like, you know, we've both gone to shows, shiner shows forever. Uh played with my old band played with the Life and Times a few times in San Diego and met Al through that, mm-hmm. which is Life and Times is alan Nepley's other band. Um and yeah, just kinda like, you know, after seeing each other so many times you start to kind of recognize each other and, and build a little bit of a friendship. Um, When Spotlight started in New York, our first kind of like real show at St. Vitus was opening for Shiner, and that was 2016, right? Nice. uh, December, January? January 2016. And um, yeah, so we hung out with those guys there, and it just kind of, you know, just kind of clicked, and we we hung out the whole night and had a blast at the show, Um, and then... We ended up touring with the Life and Times for two weeks or so. Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> Sean's <laughs> jamming out all of a sudden. Man. I was like, I hear feedback.
2: <laughs> You're a little out of practice <laughs> there, it's son. <laughs> Captain Sexy's back. He room. has his own music now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that.
4: that was kind of like the wrap-it-up box. That was. <laughs> yeah. He was like, all right, this story's gone on too long. But anyways, so we... We toured Life and Times, made you know, just got along really well with Al, and you know, for us, it's 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 an honor to to tour with Shiner, and like the fact that they're into it is awesome. And I wish it could be longer, but you know, none of us really know what's going to happen still. So like, we're kind of just treading the water, doing a week of shows here and there to see how things go before we take off on anything. Big.
2: Uh, we're gonna play something else right now because apparently Sean wants to listen to his phone. I want to listen to Spotlight.
4: He is playing spotlights on his phone. Was, so hey, we'll let it slide.
2: What's the next? What's the next tune? Uh, well, for for uh, so many, you guys have too many. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> do you realize how thick it is? I <laughs> do. Ridiculous. That's why
3: I'm not like rushing you, to make you guys a pick. Let's play another, something from
2: the, from oh,
1: the new album. Um,
4: from from most recent.
3: From Atomic. Yeah. <clears
4: <clears <throat> That or, or Love and Decay? We'd like to have you guys pick oh, yeah. it. Yeah, Love and Decay. Yeah. You pick.
1: Why? I don't know. What, <laughs> hey, wait. What's They're your, what's so your favorite song to play live?
3: <laughs> Ooh.
5: Let's play that. Oh, God,
3: Probably tough, Until the Bleeding Stops. Or The Age of Decay. Those Ooh. two are. Yeah. Uh, I really like playing uh, those.
2: Should we keep them guessing? <laughs> Dive, <tire breaker? laughs> um.
4: Oh, god it's, it's tough. I'll I'll go with until the bleeding stops,
2: sure. I like right. that. Yeah. All right, we'll go with that. And uh go ahead, we yeah. should plug before we end the show. We're going to be be back in a little bit here folks. But uh where do we find all your music? Where do you, all your videos, your merch? Which, by the way, is sold out all the time. <laughs> That's a good sign.
4: That's not because people buy it; it's just because we don't have money to what? make more. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We
2: make. T- yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Well, as an really, interest. we we because I,
4: I know we get messages about like making more merch, but it's like it's it's tough to just make merch when you're not touring, yeah. uh, right? Because yeah. you know it takes money to it's do so that up front. Yeah. um, and it, you know, I'm as grateful I am to the fans that we do have. We don't have that many, so. Mm-hmm you have to make like I don't know about that. I mean, I well, it's to to sell all our merch and, and make it break even Right. And, you know. Yeah. Totally so, but understand. but on tour yeah. on tour it makes sense. So, before we go on tour, we make a bunch of merch, we try and sell as much as possible and we can home. Uh, we'll have it's some left over, and that's what goes on the store or whatever.
2: Totally, as an independent but, artist, I'm on a print and go basis. So yeah, people put an order in, you know, it gets printed, and it goes. Exactly. I don't. If I keep stock, it sits around till the next convention or show. So right. I totally understand where you're coming yep. from. Yeah. But I still want damn t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're making some. Yeah, we're making yeah, some. some. Yeah. And final <laughs> All right, we're gonna come back with. Sarah. Oh, I keep saying Sarah first.
4: Keep saying it first. That's how. That's I Mary would do. Sarah
2: Quintero of <laughs> Spotlights, and that's how it's going to be, folks. Until Chris shows up, I'll announce. Yeah. You'll first, still say yeah. Sarah first. Probably, yeah. probably, probably. Well, yeah. she's sitting right there. I mean, <laughs> all right. She's the boss. We love you.
3: heather taddy and you're listening to kettle whistle radio
0: back, and bask, back bask and bask in the, in the wackiness black black of boku Askew TV, TV. Next, next right, right, right. A, YouTube a youtube channel, channel featuring, featuring sock puppets, sock puppets irreverent, irreverent comedy, comedy bizarro imagery, imagery and oddball, and oddball silliness of plenty to watch now, now visit youtube.com YouTube. boku Askew TV, TV should be pretty fun.
2: back and short is terrifying my guests right now i should say he's terrifying our guests right now What
4: (laughs) what if that kid grows up to be like the next hitler though Oh, God. I'm just uh, kidding. I, I, would feel, I would feel fucking terrible. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, the <laughs> best conversations <laughs> happen off the air. Oh, uh, man. I
2: don't know where to begin with this one. I walked in on it. Jesus Christ. Let's oh, just I, say I, I, I saw dead babies. A, Sean the saved time. a child Yeah. today. Oh, today? I, I yeah. almost had a gauge moment. How do you not Pet tell, tell me that today? Yeah. Oh, my God. We've see, Save how the how best we see for the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I don't know where to come back from that, um, but lately I've been interviewing a lot of uh, duos um, that are couples in recent right. years, and um, just curious, like, uh, do you guys like? Is it harder to deal with each other musically, um, creating a song, or is it easier?
4: Um, do it's you... it's definitely not harder. Well, you know. I guess the creating side is is works for us because of how we do it. You know, like I usually do like the actual kind of like bulk of the songwriting, and right. then we work together to make that song what it what it's going to be. Well, there's um, a
2: part two to this. Like, how did you guys decide like who sings sometimes and sometimes not?
3: Well. Because Mario has a better voice than I do. <laughs> I don't know. I li- I it's, like- true. Oh, oh, it's true.
5: It's like true.
4: So I mean, I think I think it's more just how the song is written. Um, usually, if usually it's me kind of deciding that just because I'll I'll be writing the song and and what I'm hearing in my head would be Sarah singing on this part or both of us singing on this section or mm-hmm. you know screaming in this part whatever there, there's not really of like. Who you know? Who's gonna be the the singer of this part? Like it doesn't matter to me. I don't think of vocals as like you're like the star of the of the show. It's more just another layer it's another to instrument. tell to make the story of the song come across. You know.
2: If you could do us a favor, because uh, we've done our research and it's kind of hard to define. Your discography. Sure. <laughs> like, um, we go back to what? Uh, what uh, Demonstrative ti- titles and then two-track single that you found, Spiders.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Spiders. Um, yeah.
2: But, like, what is, like, can you go through the history real quick for people that are just discovering you?
4: Mm-hmm. Sure. So we started with Demonstration, which was...
3: Well, our very first song is on Bandcamp. Right. That
2: you can keep it. Oh, out. I love Bandcamp.
4: Yeah, I'll go back. So the very first song we wrote together was... Uh, oh five what is it five eight nine, five, eight, nine. you just got oh, five, yourself oh, in eight. a
2: lot of trouble nine. No. oh nine
4: no <laughs> I, have like tattooed. I have a tattoo i have it tattooed <laughs> on my chest even and i can't remember it's like forgetting her birthday dude <laughs> but so we wrote that song together in studio just kind of like just to see what would happen because we had talked about starting a project for a long time back then in san diego and uh and that was just what came out there was no like we weren't trying to do anything you know so that's song number one that was our first attempt at making music together and that's on bandcamp then when we were in New York we started we kind of really started the band and wrote demonstration which is like a five song EP yep. or something like that Yep. Um, From
2: what I <laughs> see,
4: yeah I'm not, I haven't looked at that one in a long time thank Sean and that, for that <laughs> that was all Sarah and I like that's when I was playing drums etc um, then Spider no titles after that. Oh, that's so cool. And that was kind of what I consider like what we consider our first real release, I uh, guess. Yeah. Um, that,
2: it's phenomenal. Like yeah, just phenomenal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank
4: you. And then after that is Seismic, which was our first record on Ipecac. Um, then we did a remix album with uh songs from Seismic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um,
3: so it was you, Aaron Harris, and Jesse.
4: Right, and Chris. Uh, uh, Chris from Methodic. Right. So we did that remix EP, and then that was kind of just a follow-up to to uh, Seismic. And then Love and Decay was after that. And then We're All Atomic as, this was our last one. And then we have a bunch of covers on Bandcamp as well that we've done. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah.
2: oh, like, well, I, mean, well, I missed covers. that.
4: Um, well, there, it was all during like when we first got quarantined. Uh, basically, okay. we we did a cool. Radiohead cover. There's a Pixies cover. There's a, an Arcade Fire cover. There is Shutter a Shutter to Think cover. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, we have a couple other covers on. Your that, new favorite fan. On is, other stuff. Your yeah. best <laughs> fan is sitting right in <laughs> anyway. front of you right now. I'm just
3: saying. Yeah, we <laughs> Spiders. We covered She Spider by Mew. All right. Uh, they're a really amazing band from Copenhagen. If you've never yeah. dug into their stuff, most of like our pretty things come from their inspiration. Yeah. Um, and then we covered The Cure, Faith, okay. on the Hanging by Faith vi- remix vinyl. Yeah.
5: So this this is probably a good point to ask this question. Then, um, you know, are you are you a fan of the type of music that you make, or what kind of music inspires you to yeah. create, or, or to be the artist that you are?
3: I think because we have so many.
5: Yeah, you know.
4: I mean, uh, t- to answer like the first part of the question, I think we're probably our biggest fans because like we try to make yeah. we try to make five what five. we want what we would want to hear. So like, yeah. that's really the goal is to make our favorite music. Yeah, love and it, then man. I figure if we like it enough, other people are gonna like. Some people will like it too, you know. I like Who it. Who knows? Well, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> then I we have similar that. tastes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I you know, influences. influence-wise, it it varies i don't know we've we haven't really pinpointed anything to be like we want to sound like this band or we want to sound like this band or
5: you want to be your own band that's important
4: yeah i it just important. it's not something we really think about or try for you know we more try to be like you know i'd like or in my head i'm like i want to write something that's kind of this rhythm or has a heavy part that does has this kind of tone to it or whatever there's no real like yeah i don't know destination that i'm shooting for it just kind of starts and goes
2: it's a wall of sound and that is my our favorite music my wife included and you uh if you have a wall of sound and it just hits you like deftones yeah. uh i'll say isis godflesh and yeah. we love hum yes. hum is hum was a favorite of ours huge it's just this yeah. thing just like it hits you yep. and doesn't release you and that's what you guys yep. do yeah All right. thank you, just thank saying, you.
4: I, yeah i mean to be lumped in with any of those bands is a huge honor, so thanks.
2: But Hum, now did you guys actually open for Hum or play with Hum?
3: We did. We we played with um Hum and Castor in Saint Louis. Oh, wow. Um twenty eight. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a huge honor. I grew up in Chicago, so I've known about Hum for a very long time and I have friends that mm-hmm. are like extremely huge hum fans. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Um and, you know, just what they were doing in the 90s, just way ahead of the time. I wish recording aspects were better for them because mm, it, yeah. it could have just been so much better. But, I mean, live. Wow. Well, they, it's, they, they blew it's just up, unbelievable.
2: Um, they blew up the Austin Festival. The uh, I forget the name of that festival where it was like Slayer, Them, Smashing Pumpkins, What's that called? Fun Fest, I think, or something. Oh. And they okay, they Southwest, they, Southwest. they did have yeah, but it was no no it was no, no it was something I, else. It's... Oh, Fun yeah, Fun Fun Fest. That one too. Yeah yeah. But like to right. hear that Hum played it within five well six years ago. Maybe? Yeah yeah. Amazing. I I love that band. Uh, oh yeah, they're they did incredible. Get what they deserve, as far as I know. I know. But mm, but you guys you encompass all of that. What's next? What do you guys do? Like we <laughs> seriously? That's I've a seen good question. The, I've seen the pedals yeah. What do you do next?
4: I mean, so we're trying to write new stuff uh a little bit differently. Like Chris flew out before our last uh before the last time we played in Boston. We had not really a tour, but we went and played one show with Junius in Boston. Uh Chris flew out a little early and spent some days just kind of sitting in the basement, kind of trying to write together for the first time. Not necessarily writing like jamming in a room and seeing what comes out and you know trying to figure out ideas like that but just more like a live situation of what i do when i'm by myself writing these songs you know so having him there to be like what about this and he would try it and he'd be like what about this and we'd try you know and i mean i think it's going to be cool i don't it's hard to it's hard to say what's next because i don't really know yet you know it's i have ideas in my head i think we all have ideas of sounds that we want to hear and i do know that i don't want it to be the same thing um Hmm. i think that you should never play the same music how do you change
2: that up like do you like more beats or less beats more synth um what what would you change I,
4: i really can't say i don't know i, I right, mean right. yeah we'll, we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait <laughs> yeah
2: i'm, I'm curious well, like I we don't...
3: the music dictates us really we don't dictate the music so yeah. we don't know until it's going you know yeah. what i mean we don't have a preconceived notion of what's going to happen right. we perfect we roll with what's happening you know you can't determine your your mood and your emotion and your feeling you know and if you try to i think that's when you end up with forced yeah, yeah you know, music. Yeah.
2: I, I got nothing after that. Jesus
4: I know it's like, as an engineer, I don't want to make another record that sounds like a heavy rock band in a room, you know, like I, I think we have the space to get a little weird at this point, And, and I want it to be more of like a, a record, like a, not that we haven't done that already, but like just something
2: a little more expansive and, and dynamic. Well, Mary, like how did you find your confidence as a vocalist? Like, did you just grab the mic still and go? Haven't. <laughs> yeah, he still hasn't. That might be part that might be part of the process, actually. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know.
4: Um I mean I hate singing, but I love it at the same time. It's it's really hard because I you know, I, I like doing it in the studio. I hate doing it live because I can't do what I want to do live. You know, I can't put it across the same in my head to me. Um but yeah, the com- I don't really have the confidence. <laughs> it just takes a lot of trying. So and- you pass it off to Sarah. Yeah. No. <laughs> do you, right,
5: do you, know, you guys have like a pre-show ritual? Before oh, go thank live? you.
3: Yeah. Uh. No, I mean we have pre-show reoccurrences like uh, Chris being in the women's room the whole time. I'm trying to get ready, taking, taking his shit on me, so I have to constantly yell at him and kick him out.
2: <laughs> but oh, for me,
3: it's you know he's gonna love this trying to feed everybody and put makeup on and set up merch and uh, yeah, we don't
4: we don't really have like a like a ritual where we like sit around and like tell each other we love each other or anything but um we usually I, I the ritual if we have time is like let's go eat before the set you know that makes sense uh, that's usually it yeah.
5: so, so yeah. I, just stepping back a minute you guys talked a little bit earlier about your uh, remix album you did how do you choose an artist or are you not even part of the process is it is it is it the label that choose the artist that will remix a track for you or think do you have any input we that? chose yeah
4: it was, it, with that it was all up to us yeah. um so we chose Aaron did one because he again was like our engineer on the whole thing so and yeah. he and thing. he does a lot of soundtrack work and and stuff like that and so him and his friend Chris Dirks uh who is was his partner at the time at, at a company called Methodic Doubt they do they did like trailer work for movies and stuff like that they're both incredible at doing that so it was like a i think chris even did a remix just on his own to like for us to check out and we were like holy shit and that kind of sparked the idea for it It was called hanging by faith and uh we yeah that kind of sparked the idea and then jesse neiman who he has a project that he it's just him but it's called void mains and it's all like crazy electronic like He has an insane modular synth set up and um yeah, if you listen like, to his yeah,
2: Gary Newman type stuff or
4: uh weirder Where Yeah, like oh. I don't know. All right. you gotta <laughs> yeah. check it out. We're in. So he uh <laughs> yeah. he did uh Size of the Planet and it's it's probably my favorite on that on that album because it's just fucking it's so out there and but still like so grounded. It's probably the most similar to the song itself and the most distant from the song itself all all at once it's, um yeah. and then i think i did one and then uh that's it right the cure cover. oh and then we did a cover right but yeah to answer your question yeah, it's just it was up to us yeah. to i gotta hear that cure. we just More chose people that way possibly yeah. yeah yeah i mean i i have friends that are awesome at doing that shit that you know electronic side of things that I have no idea how to do right and it would be you know it's always interesting to see who, what
2: people do with your songs yeah you know. <laughs> I can't imagine those are your babies like yeah. really <laughs> uh yeah so the green m&m challenge uh with van halen we did that with you you got pizza tonight <laughs> no cheese black olives onions sauce and I tried I'm a pizza snob from New York. Apparently, you guys are, too. How did that turn out for uh, Jimmy Z's pizza tonight? Uh, not too bad?
3: I thought it was delicious. The crust uh, was amazing. Oh. Yeah,
2: it was really good. They yeah. can do crust. I totally had to break away from that. <laughs> Black olives, onions, and no cheese. Hey. My wife would love it. <laughs> I gotta respect that. I gotta respect that. And he hit on what you do before a show. There's gotta be something. There's gotta be some ritual. Something before a show. I
3: mean, I guess when we're side stage about to go on, we're just like, all right, let's fucking do this. So you just like, it's about it. Yeah. It
4: depends on the show, yeah, you know, yeah. Beat each other's chest, sometimes we fun. don't, we don't have time for a ritual and it's, it's just, just like, like, throw it up in there and, yeah. and go, you know, if we're opening or if we're like second, you know, yeah. in a, in a bill of three bands and like you're the middle band, you don't really have time to do shit. You just change over, you throw your shit up there and you hope that it goes well and then get off. And you know, do you still get nervous? Um, not really. Yeah. I
2: think, I so admire that.
4: I get nervous and like when we're like driving when we're almost there. But then uh, once I'm there, I'm I'm good. So, I don't know about nervous too. It's like an excitement,
2: like a timing nervous thing. thing. like, oh, well, we gotta get there on time. Well, you get that, you get there, everything's good. Right. But yeah. Oh, I get that part. Yep. Interesting. Um, she may have answered my last question. You're on after this. Well, maybe, M- Captain maybe, Sexy. Maybe my questions. I my question. don't think so. I, I gotta know: Are they horror movie buffs? It and is. what is their um, favorite horror movie?
3: I am a fan. I don't consider myself a buff of anything. <laughs> uh, I am a huge horror movie fan. Uh, the only movie to this day and still that terrifies me is The Exorcist. Ooh. Okay. Um, I snuck out of my room when I was maybe four, and my dad and his brother were watching it. Ooh. And I sat on the side of the couch and watched it, and it was just fucking terrifying. That's a terrifying experience, Um, yeah. And I really like horror movies that leave it up to the imagination. I think if that film was done now, it would have been overdone, over CGI, too much shit moving in the room. You know what I mean? It was just. Absolutely. It felt. So real. Like, I was like, I'm going to fucking get possessed by a demon, right?
2: But then the
3: second time...
5: Probably not really.
3: <laughs> I, yeah. But then, this because they're really vampires. Um, you don't
2: know who's been in this room, actually. <laughs> yeah.
3: And the second time I did that, it was The Evil Dead 2. Ooh, yeah. Which is more, you know, it's very gory and scary, but the, the comedy side of it, with the hand crawling around, oh, yeah. attacking everybody, I was like, oh, okay, this is all bullshit. And I was like, maybe five. Yeah. And from then, it's just been, like, it just consumes me, you know? Like, I just, I love it. I'll sit through the worst of the worst just to see what happens, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm not very, I'm not overcritical of anything. Art is really hard. Making movies is hard. Making music's hard. Painting's hard. Like, it's, yeah. you know, people that sit there and criticize anyone for their efforts, it's, it's, it's I'd mean. Like it's bullshit. It. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You fucking get a couple million dollars together in a crew, and you make mm-hmm. your own movie, and you know what? You do it better. And do what <laughs> you guys
2: do. Yeah, put exactly. your, Put yourselves out there. Put your souls out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my God, you guys put your souls out there, and uh, oh, this song sucks, and you... My God, it's your lifeblood. Yeah, you know, like that's insulting. It's, I understand that. It's harsh. Know, it is what it is. Like,
3: I mean, like nothing actually sucks. It's all a matter of opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, mm.
4: It is. It's art. Mario, yeah. favorite movie. Um, horror movie? shit. Favorite horror movie. Um, I'm not. I'm nowhere near the fan that Sarah is. <laughs> but I mean, I love horror movies more so just because it was a huge part of me growing up. Not in the sense where like I followed them or knew much about them or got into like who made what or anything, but I just loved like when I was probably around the same age, like four or five, <clears throat> I have two older sisters and so they were always watching like the Friday thirteenth. Um Slashers. Halloween. Yeah, like early yeah. you know, early eighties
2: stuff. You do realize um, your your tone and your music um could make the best soundtrack for a horror, yeah. horror movie. <laughs> That's it's a matter of time. I and
4: I mean, I've always liked dark shit like that too. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been a fan of anything in particular, but like, you know, especially at a young age, I loved all that stuff. The Nightmare on Elm Street's, the you know, more so than anything else. Indeed. Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah.
5: That Ms. was actually my last question. God last damn it! I ruined.
4: Really? His, I always ruined the <laughs> last. I to have a new
2: one. You got to make one up now on the spot. Or <laughs> well, you guys can tell us anything we didn't touch on. I'd love to hear a story. Worst, well, worst travel story.
4: Worst tra-
5: hmm.
2: Or be- or Europe. Best. Europe.
4: <laughs> favorite tour story. There you go. Worst or best. Hmm. God, it's always hard to be on the spot. With and it's things. like it's
3: hard to remember because there's so many that it just kind of starts blending in. Yeah. We were on the road with the Melvins for three months, yeah. and that was probably just in general the best tour because those guys have it down to a fucking science buzz has it so dialed in uh we learned so much from them um and the and deftones like we learned a lot from them being you know an amphitheater band they are just so genuinely awesome they cared about us their doors were always open there was no diva bullshit like their crew them so to tour with those two bands um, the Melvins, for me personally, being one of the reasons why I play music. Nice. Um, and to have them like just show me the ropes and show us how it's done properly and that you can make a living from it um, is probably the best experience.
4: Yeah, that was had. a huge lesson. Yeah. It sure. doesn't get better than um,
3: that. And I think our worst was Europe. Our first stint <laughs> in Europe, um, we played Roburn.
2: Did Chris use the bathroom?
3: Chris uses every bathroom. <laughs> yeah.
4: We got some stories about bathrooms. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Anyways, yeah. We'll wait for Chris to be in
3: the room for that. Yeah, yeah, but uh okay. um, not my room. He's not yeah. coming here. <laughs> he ain't coming here. Um Yeah, yeah Europe Roadburn was amazing. It's one of the best festivals I've ever been to in my life, either playing or attending. And the rest of it we were literally on our own in a giant sprinter with a rented back line. Uh we lost a lot of money um we played a few amazing shows by ourselves and we learned
4: yeah i mean i was i would say like the shows were were awesome and even the shittiest shows were awesome because there were fans there that were you know drove hours to see us or whatever drove 10 minutes somebody was there for us and that was huge but it was it was kind of planned pretty shabby and uh
2: driving
3: ourselves driving by ourselves in europe is
4: yeah like we didn't know you know we're and most of the tour because everything was booked pretty late around a late booking for roadburn you know we kind of took what we had to what we got and we ended up playing mostly like eastern europe um so we were playing like slovakia and romania and and places like that they
2: they must have loved you which were
4: awesome but you know driving driving a giant sprinter through the mountains of romania like oh,
2: god is, <laughs> did you document that oh. is a
4: little sketchy it's um terrifying.
2: did you film that
4: some, uh, some of it we have a, we have a lot of pictures I yeah
3: i don't think capturing it would even do it justice no, you
2: justice can't. Of yeah the but that's feeling. your home dvd do you journal oh, it's, it's all on all tour or you take a lot of photos or
4: we take know. a lot of pictures. pictures i tried to yeah
2: Take, take sean with you next time sure.
4: but touring journaling for i don't necessarily journal but i i mentally like whenever we're on tour is pretty much when i start writing in my head for for new stuff motion um, is
2: it the motion of driving or moving or just i think between? it's just
4: playing i think playing every night and seeing other bands play and if we're on tour with somebody who we admire like it like it just starts to kind of push you to it it, it it's inspiring, you know, so not in the sense where like I'm like, Oh, I like what they're doing, I'm gonna do that next. It's more like I wanna I wanna do something cool. I wanna do yeah. something new, you know, or like I don't know, it just gets yeah. the gets new the juices flowing. Also. Yeah.
2: So like does your is your head both your heads are they exploding with inspiration all the time? You gotta calm it down or like No. No
3: definitely not. <laughs> really? Um No, like for me I, I deal with pretty bad fatigue, so Daily life for me can be kind of overwhelming sometimes. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, I I once Mario gets going and I start hearing his demos, okay. is when I start exploding because if I had to songwrite, it would never get done. because yeah. I would just I would rework one riff probably three hundred million times and still be like, ah, that, I don't know if that's what I want, you know. Yeah. So having him lay it out i like doing more production where i'm like let's do that one more time let's try this different let's you know once i have his spark then i st- like start going yeah. so
5: do one of the two of you have final say like when you get stuck on like maybe like what you just described you get mm-hmm. you know you you're writing a riff you're pon- you're going over it and over it and you're changing it who has final say like that's
4: this is it let's move on uh, we never get to that point like, I I don't think there's been a riff with this band that we're like, that's not it. Let's just try a different note. That's not it. It's like, if it takes that put much work, down. I can come up with a different riff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we'll it shouldn't. It's it sh- yeah.
3: Recorded. And right. then we'll put it down. If yeah. it's being that difficult, you move on. Yeah. You know
1: what
4: I mean? Like, I have yeah. hard drives full of, like, ideas, you know, and I talk about this all the time. Like, new stuff. Even new stuff now, I'm digging back to stuff from, like, six years ago to kind of get new ideas because... I believe that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Especially when we first moved to New York, I kind of had, like, an explosion of music just come out of me, and I had a little setup, and I was recording everything, and I still use that vault from back then. Like, there's new stuff, obviously, and I still go back to some of the new stuff, but yeah... It's just I I don't I try not to be precious about it like if it's not working I then do something else yeah. you know and then there's always another riff another song another something to try I think I mean I think maybe it works for some people to just sit there and like dig on, dig it. on one riff until you get this yeah. amazing perfect thing but it just doesn't work for us like I no I just re- like real to keep artists yeah. real artists
2: see through <clears throat> that you know we all do we see through that like oh uh, yeah we've heard that riff before. Yeah. You guys know, not at all. There's nothing. I I want to play to the end <laughs> as a going out. Okay. Song. Nice. I don't know if that's, that's fair. an old school one. Uh, did you have a pick there, Sean? I love that song. I know, right? I know pick you the did. The eight
4: minute. The, um, it's like eight minutes long or something. Yeah,
2: that's alright. <laughs> <Yeah, that's good. laughs> but I, I I'd be doing my uh, listeners an in injustice if I don't ask you. I know we talked Deftones cheno moreno did you guys actually like talk and interact with the bands anything you could share yeah we hung out a g- he
4: he in particular was <clears throat> he's a gentleman around, he's a yeah gen-
2: gentleman and a scholar
4: he was in our room like he would come in to our dressing room before the shows and hang out and like i think it was maybe first or second night he brought a bottle of champagne and was like all right let's hang out <laughs> and like <laughs> um but yeah he was he made it just so much fun and and made us feel really welcome and and it made it feel like he genuinely wanted us there you know he would ask us about the band like the music and riffs and like how we tune or what pedal are you using on that one part he sang a song with us on stage yeah like you know he would ride his bike when we were sound checking he'd be riding his bike around (laughs) the like amphitheater like whatever the floor of the place (laughs) all the time and he would like pop his head over and be like is that the memory man or i have you know like
2: He's a fan. He's just I mean, he's yeah. he's, he's a, a good a fan, he's man. a good
4: human being. It's yeah. and all of them are. Yeah. Abe is fucking hilarious. Yes. He's like one of my favorite people in the world. We still talk to Abe. Frank is awesome, like Sergio, all those they're just all Sergio brought us cupcakes the first day we were there like a box of cupcakes he was like hey
3: vegan cupcakes yeah
4: vegan cupcakes (laughs) welcome to to the tour and we were just like holy shit what is
2: happening again black olives onions on their pizza (laughs) no cheese all right.
3: right and mushrooms only if they're not canned only if they're fresh
2: you got lucky i didn't get i did not order mushrooms on the pizza tonight i do not you hate them uh, that's I'm why i didn't get them oh wow you had yeah. something just now yeah. I, right. teach their own. i'll
5: eat them but yeah all right
2: put the mushrooms aside anyway. you had one more i think
5: <laughs> <laughs> well i i just had a statement really and it was just that pain in my you ass. know there's such a beauty in the type of music that you guys make and uh, yes. i'm just so happy that i found you guys as a band thank and you and that we were able to bring you guys to our listeners and um This has been amazing. Huge. That's so
2: awesome. It means everything to us. So thank you. Huge moment for us. And to come back from COVID with a live. Yeah. We're
4: here together in person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're all together, Uh, folks. Thank God. Uh, Well, hey, uh, again, plug away. (laughs) uh, Tell them where to go. Um, We always tell them where uh, to
4: uh, go. You know, our socials, I think, is Spotlight's Music for Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't know what our Facebook is, but I mean, it'll come up. And then <laughs> <I> Spotlights.bandcamp.com, <laughs> Spotlights.Bandcamp.com is our, where you can buy stuff, download Ipecac. stuff. Ipecac.com.
2: Ipecac, folks. That's
4: the easiest one because it's yeah. literally Ipecac.com.
2: Mike I'm Patton's nice label, man. Mike Patton's label. That'll uh, take you everywhere. Wait, I, I'm sorry if I missed it. Twitter? Do, no, I, I don't uh, like Twitter. Uh, I think we have a Twitter, we but,
4: we I have Twitter, Twitter but I don't know what it is.
2: I don't like it. Spotlights
4: Band. Spotlights Band, Band maybe? maybe? yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah Twitter, at wow. Fairly Dark. What about you? You got nothing, right?
5: Well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but that,
2: <laughs> that doesn't matter. You know where to find Captain Sexy. Um, all right, so Captain Sexy, Captain Sexy, yeah, going down in history. He hates that. Um, all right, so all our stuff, all our shows, www.fairlydarkproductions.com. You get all the Kettle Whistle Radio episodes there, before, during, and after. And you could buy some horror books if you're interested. If you like comic books, com. Look up Demon. I'm sorry. Um, wow, Doctor Peeler, Demon Psychologist. I said psychologist, Sean. Ooh. I forgot my own title. Yeah. Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, issue number one and two are both out right now. Thanks for supporting us and uh, the spotlights.
3: Thank you. Thank Christ. you to all the listeners. Ooh, Christ. Sorry. Christ Thank you guys for listening and gals.
2: Yeah. Oh, and ghouls. A, lot, a lot of girl listeners. Trust me. Thank you, humans, <laughs> Thank for listening. You. Thank you, humans. <laughs> I like that. All right. Thank you, folks.
1: Cast.